about to enter a world of pain, suffering, and laughter. <laughs> he Ew. said in the worst Jim Carrey imit- imitation, impersonation, <laughs> imitation of Christ of all time, this is Mike Pace. This is Jeff Garlock. You're listening to the Worst Gig Ever podcast. This week, we have... Comedian, John Fruscianti. Personality. Personality. Improvisational extraordinaire person. Bigwig. Red Hot Chili Peppers guitar player. Oh, his, he just, his head just exploded. Are you saying that? Uh, apparently he's in the cast of Scanners as well. Yep. No. Uh, he was the lead in Scanners. John Frusciante, uh, a great man. All jokes aside, he is a great man. He is a great man. Uh, yeah, John is a, is a rising force in the comedy world, the improv world. He is the assistant artistic director at UCB. He, he's, he's also he in a uh, podcast himself. Yingwei Malmsteen's rising force. He's also was the uh, rhythm guitarist in Yingwei Malmsteen's rising force. What's his podcast called? Podcast For the listener, called the UCB Long Form Podcast right. Conversations. Yeah. He's also a he's a huge music fan. He he's a, a musician fan. himself. We, the three of us, went to go see Yes at yes. Westbury Music Fair. We did a while back. A fantastic show. Yes, and You've I heard about it before. I had a great time talking to John. You know what we didn't talk though about, which I wanted to bring up to you. Yeah. So we saw Yes at Westbury Music Fair in Westbury, Long Island. Not a small town. It's a suburb. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, essentially an outcropping of New York City. Right. And Got to go on the Mike Pace hometown tour. tour That's right, yeah. Where everything was closed. (laughs) Well, you know. That's what happens. That's the way I roll. So Westbury is a nothing. It's just a town. But it, it has kind of a vaguely English name. So Yes comes out and guitarist Steve Howe gets on the microphone and he goes... How are we doing tonight, Westbury? <laughs> As if this was like Hampton Heath or something. Right. And I bet like 97% of the audience was not from Westbury. Westbury, you know, it's nothing. God, what, no. What does Steve Howe know? Other than how to play a mean guitar lick. On a Lied 6 amp. Yes. Nope. We had a great time with John at that show, but we also had a great time talking to him on this podcast. And you're going to have a great time listening, and if you like this one, you're going to have a great time listening to our other episodes available at worstgigeverpodcast.tumblr.com or on iTunes or on Stitcher Radio. Find us on Facebook. Like us. Uh, you can tweet at us at worstgigever or at Mike E. Pace or at G. Garlock. You yep. can also email us at worstgigever at gmail. Dot com. So many ways to contact us and so many ways to listen, but continue listening right now. <laughs> okay, so this is probably in, uh, this is around 2005, I think mm-hmm. this was. Um, yeah, 2005, uh, 2006 maybe, but I had stopped doing comedy. Uh, and I was at a point in my life where I didn't really think I was ever going to do it again. Uh, and I went back to doing music. And for a while, it was just like me making, you know, recording songs in my living room and, right. uh, you know, writing them and recording them on a four track. And then occasionally, maybe I would do like an open mic or something. Right. Um, there was like an open mic. I lived in New Jersey at the time and there was an open mic in my hometown 
that I would like drive a half an hour to every Wednesday and do. Um, are uh, music open mics? We've never had a music open mic story. Yeah, let, let's like. Let, are they the, the, are they mm-hmm. as equally rough as comedy <laughs> open mics? Yeah, a bunch I guess of wackadoos, so. and then you know, wackadoos I, with I acoustic feel like guitar. It's like, I think there's a lot of acoustics. acoustics going What's the name on? of the open mic you did? Wackadoos with acoustics. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, it was at Van Gogh's Ear Cafe <laughs> in Union, New Jersey. Um, yeah, I had to buy two fraps. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so, now, do you just show up with an acoustic guitar? Do you yeah. have a keyboard? No, I just had an acoustic guitar, okay. um, and I would like a lot of times I would like give myself the challenge of just like writing a song that night or the night before mm-hmm. uh, and then doing it there. Um, it was basically my only creative outlet at the time. But after a while of that, um, I was like, I should join a band again. Mm-hmm. I really want to play with other people. So I started looking in uh, the Aquarian, which is oh. a New Jersey uh, like Village Voice-esque kind of newspaper except for music. Checking out the trades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have ads in the back for like seeking guitarists, seeking bassists, right. uh, looking to be the next puddle of mud. Right. You know, um, and you were looking to be the that's next exactly, puddle of mud. I, was, yes. I woke up one day and I said, I should be the next puddle of mud. <laughs> It was um, a good life choice. I should be a filtered down puddle of mud in the way that pil- uh, puddle of mud is a watered down Nirvana. Yeah, perfect. It's literally in the name. It, it says. It. Yeah, <laughs> it says yeah. It. Mm-hmm. It's all right there. They give. You, I mean, they deliver on the promise of the premise right in the uh, name there. Um, but so I, I was like looking online and looking in the EC Rocker and the Aquarian, all these New Jersey trades looking for a band. So um, it's 1989. <laughs> <and> <laughs> you're like, you're yep. like, it, you buy a ticket for L.A. so you can do a show at Gansari's for a paid applause. Um, I was literally Axl Rose in the yeah, Paradise, yes. uh, not Paradise City, but uh, Welcome, the Welcome to the Jungle, Jungle video. Jungle. <laughs> you know, a piece Stepping of straw between bus. your teeth. Yeah. 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 yeah, Backwards cap on and the next shot, big blowed out hair. But I, I love this because this is shaping up. I don't know what's going to happen this year. Uh-huh. It's shaping up to This is a classic American tale. Oh, yeah. Coming up. Mm, yep. All yep. right. So, so you're looking through the trades. Yeah. And I find this ad for a guy who is looking for a, uh, I think he was looking for a bassist. Mm-hmm. And so I responded. Uh, it seemed interesting. It was like near me in New Jersey. Um, and I responded and we emailed back and forth. And he was like, oh, do you play keyboard at all? And I was like, yeah, a little bit. I sort of like, I probably made it seem like I was better at it than I <laughs> <Sure>. actually am. <laughs> better than what I actually am at keyboard, which is like, I'll put my fingers here and it sounds good. <laughs> right. You know, um, but uh, uh, so I went into like an audition basically to their practice space. Um, so this is the E Street Band, right? Yes, okay. <laughs> it's actually the B Street Band, the E Street Band cover band. Uh, they were looking to replace their their bass player Gary W. Talent. Yep. Right. <laughs> right, Lawrence Blevins was playing French horn. Um, uh, and the, oh, he had he sent me their like I think he he sent me their CD or he sent me their music um, cassette probably. Uh, yeah, and I I like listened to it and I came up with. Uh, some like keyboard stuff, and I like learned the songs and like came, you know like was just like playing some bass stuff. Um, and I I you know they were like well the the guy who was the singer and guitarist and leader of the band was like uh, he fucking idolized Billy Corgan. He was a total mm-hmm. Billy Corgan head, and so their songs he's kind a of, pumpkin head if you will. Yeah, he's a pumpkin <laughs> oh. head. Yes, yeah, and a pumpkin head too. Yeah. <laughs> This episode's going out to Stan Winston, the uh, underrated director. Great special effects guy, underrated yes. director. Pride going of out to Lance Hendrickson, yeah. the star um, of the band you were in. But I was like, 
I was, you know, listening to a lot of like Song of Zarathustra and right. fucking Mile Marker and like that kind of stuff. Um, For the listener, these are bands that sound nothing like right, Eddie and right. the Cruisers, who you apparently like, are yeah. crying out for. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I. I came up with like very like dissonant kind of like keyboard right. stuff for some of the songs and then just like learn the bass for the song, uh-huh. uh, which didn't have keyboard on them to, to begin with. So I went into this practice and it was like, it was fine. Um, but I do remember when I played the keyboard stuff, he was like, uh, is it just me to the other people in the band? He's like, is it just me or does this stuff like not match? Does the keyboard stuff like not match? Does it sound off key or whatever? And right away I was like, all right, this guy doesn't get what <laughs> the like, jig is up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But so to, to to make a long story a little shorter, they they brought me into the band, right. but they hired me as I say hired as if I was getting paid for it. But they they asked me to he asked me, he asked me to join the band. As a second guitarist, uh-huh. right. he was like, "We have a bassist. Uh, we found somebody else to come in, um, but I want you to play second guitar." We like your dissonant tone. Yeah. Is like this so is a I, very ass backwards way yeah. of ending up like going from not any, but like you know, like as a bass player, you can like get away with being a pretty mediocre bass player. Yeah, in a lot of bands, keyboards mm-hmm. again. Like if you can't just have like a nice preset, yeah, a right. one key, and be like, "Eh, we're not so sure about that." Yeah. Get on guitar. <laughs> right. But that was, the, the, like, guitar and keyboard, I'm, like, pretty proficient. Right, at. I right. mean, I'm not, like, pro-gear, pro-toot about right. it, but I'm, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm proficient at it. Um, so he gives me the songs to learn. And now, like, this guy... Do you like the songs? They're okay. I mean, I think I was <laughs> yeah. just excited to be in a band. I yes. was just excited to like right. play music with somebody and have that. It's that outlet. slight it's pause kind of... in breath that gives me the general idea. But it's uh, <gasps> yeah, it's okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Smashing pumpkins with a little the heart name on of the band sleeve. was yeah. The name Jersey of the band was two. Television Down. That was oh. the name of the band. <laughs> okay, um, that's about right. And this guy Chris, like he like had this uh, girlfriend, and they clearly had this kind of like codependent weird relationship <laughs> where like he would kind of cower whenever he was around right he seemed like a very timid kind of afraid of confrontation was she in the band guy. no, no. Okay, that's... um but he gave off this very like i'm totally afraid of confrontation kind of got uh, right. kind of attitude um so i learned the songs and i think i like did pretty well this is I don't know how important of a detail this is to the story, but I remember learning every song on the Strokes' first album, like as a way of <laughs> just like, in case, like as a way of like just in case, and also just like <laughs> kind of like uh, uh, tuning myself up. Right. You know what I mean? Just right. like this is a good way to like get. This myself. What's going on in? in yeah. You ever heard of the Brooklyn Explosion? <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> like, is this it? Did yeah, you it learn? Is. Did you learn the the Strokes album with the version of, with New York City cops on it, or the post nine eleven version where they took that song off? Uh, I don't remember. Which, it was probably the post nine eleven version. Can we get I a guitar yeah. uh, for John? See if yeah. you got <laughs> muscle memory for New York cops or none. None. <laughs> none. I would have muscle memory for none of those songs. <laughs> Um, so <laughs> New York cops <laughs> or New York City cops. So we played one NY show, um, uh, or no, this is what happened. I came in and I did a, a practice with him, mm-hmm. with them, like in a, a, another practice with them on guitar, and I knew the songs and I had added stuff, and it was great. It was fine. Like I felt comfortable, um, and I was like making some suggestions to him for some new songs of like, oh, what if you did this? You know, what if you played this part a little longer? What if you added this kind of thing? 
Uh, and we had a show coming up, and after the practice, he was like, "You can play the show. You're in, man. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can you can play." Thanks for the recommendation of that drop D breakdown. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. With the with the Ian Savonia style trumpet right. blaring, it paid on it top. for that. You could chip it for the van for the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, if I'm I, the details of this get a little bit fuzzy for me, but I I remember I think what happened was I asked him. To give me the, uh, there were other songs that I didn't have copies of, right. like other stuff that they had done, and I was like, "Hey, can I get re- recordings of those so I can learn them?" And he was like, "Yeah, yeah, 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 sure, I'll, I'll give them to you." And I kept asking for them, and I never got them. And so we played this show, and I had not learned like half of the songs that we were playing. It's kind of a free jazz I, hardcore yeah, take. I on. played them in practice. Uh-huh. But I didn't have, like, and I learned them and I added things to them in practice, but I didn't have something to, like, refresh myself during the week before the show. And I think the first show that we played was, like, this basement show where, like, we were up first and then there there was, like, some speed metal band up or something like that. It was, like, this weird, like, it was in New Jersey somewhere, but I forget where. Um... And I wound up, like, the songs that I knew I could play, but the other songs I felt really insecure about, and so I, like, turned my back right. away, right. like, to try to, like, play and to try to hide the fact that I was really uncomfortable with right. them. <laughs> Turning your back, classic move. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm not sure I played it. Orchid show forward. <laughs> <laughs> A lot um, of insecurity in my head. And so this is where things, like, really start to get more weird and uncomfortable, because after this... I would show up to practices and he would like the bassist joined at the same time that I joined this woman. Her name was D. She just went by the letter D. <laughs> of course. Um, Similar to in the Smashing Pumpkins. Darcy. The bassist. That's the right. RC. Yeah. That's right. Uh, That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I would show up to practices and he would be like, you know what? Could you not plug in this week? <laughs> what? <laughs> practice. He was like, we need to familiarize D with the songs a little bit. So if you could just like not plug in. Yeah, and at the time, I mean, if that happened to me today, I would be like, you're an asshole. What the fuck is happening? But at the time, I was kind of a different person, and I was just so, like, enthusiastic about being in a band that I was like, okay, man. So I would sit on (laughs) the couch. That does sound like a good play. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I would sit on the couch in the – I sat on the couch in the practice space and just played along and tried to, like, hold my guitar up to my ear so I could hear what was going on. And I would, like, make notes about what I was playing so I could remember later. And I think the idea is that playing an electric guitar unplugged is, like, the worst. Right. I I couldn't hear anything. I got nothing out of it. It's terrible. And I think he even made me, like, pay – chip in for the practice afterwards, even though I didn't set up. Right. And I would ask him, I asked him at the end of that practice, hey man, can I get uh, the recordings? He was like, oh yeah, sure, we'll send them to me. We'll send them to you. And I asked the drummer too, who was friends with this guy from way back, and the drummer would kind of timidly say like, yeah, sure, I'll send them to you and avoid (laughs) eye contact with me. Um, And this happened at at least three practices. I think I went to three practices where he was like, hey man, just, you know, just don't plug in, just play along. It's hard to put yourself completely in the mindset, but at the time, like how... How many practices in were you like, you know what? <laughs> this is starting I don't to think more... I ever was. Right. I think I was so, I mean, you know, like I called him out for being codependent, but I'm telling the most codependent fucking sure. story imaginable right now. But the idea is at the time, were you aware that like these guys were just petrified to 
kick you out no, of the band. And I would rather aware. have you in the room yes. right. than I, tell you, look, this isn't working out. I, I, I was not aware okay. of that at all, nor was I aware until afterwards that I think this guy, for some reason, was intimidated by me. Right. I think this guy, Chris, for some reason, like liked me at first, but then once I got into a first practice with him and I was like doing stuff, not that I'm amazing sure. by any means. I'm not trying to hey, say don't that. Don't sell yourself short. <laughs> but I think this guy was intimidated by me in some way. I mean, if you're bottling yourself after Billy Corgan, I mean, there's oh, yeah. only one Billy Corgan right. in Smash Pumpkin. And I did notice that when I, was tr- when I was saying like, oh, why don't we try doing this? Like when I was like making suggestions and adding things and like bringing my own stuff in, he would get a little defensive. You can see his synapses exploding a little. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, and so, like, and then finally, we did the show in a bar, um, and I had, like, managed to somehow kind of learn the songs, even though I wasn't, I had no, nothing mm-hmm. to, like, uh, uh, you know, go off of. Right. And we did the show in a bar, and it was just fucking terrible, right. you know? <laughs> like, the whole time, I just, I was, like comfortable knowing playing the songs that i had played but at this point i'm also nervous right because i don't know some of the songs and i'm like trying to do like uh background vocals that he had asked me to do too and i'm like kind of screwing them up because i had no chance to practice with them um and it was just a mess like i felt okay about some of it but most of it i was like this is really weird and uncomfortable right and then like I think the next day I got an email from from him saying like it's not working out you're out of the band. Um and I like tried to call him and he didn't answer. Right. Did he actually say that you're out of I the band? I forget exactly what that, he said. This is like 2005 kind of or 6, yeah, but like he it was some kind of like shitty uh non-confrontational passive aggressive yeah, right. kind of email. Um but it was so uncomfortable because all I wanted to do was be in this band, right? right? And I've been in bands before, you know, I was in bands in high school and whatnot, and I just wanted to, like, connect with people uh, and play music with people. Um, but, you know, like, I got into this situation all, like, bright-eyed right, and, right, right. like, wide-eyed and fascinated and, like, this is going to be great. And I think part of it for me was, like, oh, I'm just involved in this now. Somebody <laughs> likes me, yeah. you know? Somebody right. wants me to hang out with them and play with them, right. you know? Um, but this guy consistently, this is what was so weird about it and so uncomfortable about it is at first he was like, great, sure, come on in. Like, we like your stuff. We want to play with you. But then there was like one good practice with him. But then it was, after that, it was like just straight downhill. And I kept showing up. (laughs) Right. Right. Even in the face of like this guy clearly doesn't like me right. or like they're not letting me plug in right. at rehearsals. The power of feeling accepted. Do you think that there's yeah. any possibility you respond to the ad uh-huh. and he sees John Frusciante respond <laughs> to the ad? <laughs> this is a coup. It's a valid this fucking This is a coup. <laughs> he's like, and I'm Billy sh- Corgan. Right. We get John you, Frusciante. You show up to the practice mm-hmm. and he's, oh. Well, yeah. what? And then... I mean, I said... Do you think it could not be him? No right. way, dude. It's mm-hmm. definitely the John Frusciante yeah. I'm thinking He lives of. in New Jersey now. I mean, yeah. I did say in the email, uh, I play. A, uh, I can play a few of the songs on Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Um, but, you know... And, kept referring to the Chai Peps. That's and, right. But yeah. also, part and parcel of that is... Um, 
where would you what would you classify this I mean were they like quote unquote in a superficial way cool or were these guys like no not part of any it sounds like they're just kind of like it was like a, in the vortex of right. like yeah it was like a we're band. vortex yeah. there is a bad vortex yeah they were all in vortex they, they were, were not ex- in a scene vortex. per se yeah. I yeah. love vortex ex vortex ex satia <laughs> um they were like post rock, post alternative right. kind of yeah. just like Jersey guys thinking that they, yeah. you know, taking themselves too yeah. seriously. I mean, for me, I feel like, yeah, from the get go of the, the weird, the audition, like even though you're going in, I guess it would just be, I would just be like, oh, what a weird situation. Right. Like it's that, that whole like, it drives me nuts, the pro gear, pro toot attitude yeah. right. towards auditioning. For At like that, that level. and then you're playing a basement show. Like right. I remember in high school, this fucking band. There were this band Twinge, and they were like one of. They were like this quote unquote hardcore band that sounded more like Rage Against the Machine uh-huh. to me. That were friends with our bass player in my high school band Switch Stance. They made us <laughs> audition to open for them <laughs> at a college frat party. Right. And then they didn't let us do the show. <laughs> we fucking had to go the to the house, play a set for them in front of them, and then got beat out by a band called Dogfish right. for a Nirvana tribute band. <laughs> <laughs> fucking... Twinge. Right. Now, like, it's also, that was the thing. They were in that vortex. They were in, like, I don't know what, like, they right. kind of played, like, like outskirt hardcore shows sometimes, but not really. So, yeah. like, here's the thing is, like, I've done, you know, I'm mostly a, a performer and a, a comedian. Right. And I've done tons of improv shows and sketch comedy shows right. and stand-up gigs and everything. But I've never, I could, I would never... I could not classify any of the th- shows that I've ever done as being as uncomfortable and horrifying sure. as this situation was. Like, I do a bad improv show, like, I can handle it. Yeah. Right. You know, like, it's probably like, you know, like, uh, uh, doing like a touring company show at a college where like the audience is like heckling you. We did, I did a show uh, like a, a year ago where like the audience was heckling us from the moment <laughs> we stepped on stage. Right. Uh, and I get really uncomfortable in those situations, and eventually, like half of the audience just got up and left. Uh, what kind of heckles are we talking about when we're talking improv? Like, heckles? like the kind of thing where I knew right away it was a bad show. Yeah. Like w- the, we got introduced, um, and as soon as the the person hosting the show, which was like some like head of the student activities board mm-hmm. or some shit, was like. Uh, please welcome to the stage the Upright Citizens Brigade Touring Company. And then I heard from the audience as we were walking on stage, and I'm next. <laughs> and I was like, all right, this is going to be a bad one. Got, this is going to be a bad funny show. funny guys in the crowd. Yep, yep. And it was. It was right. a terrible show. But and someone like, else yelled out, I'm Rick James, bitch. And then you <laughs> threw down your microphone. Right. They may out. as well have. Yes. But in my mind, when I was thinking about like coming onto this show, like that stuff is bad, but it's all like kind of par for the course right. at mm-hmm. this point. Like right. It's survivable. It's survivable. But... This, like, this, that basement show that we did, there's nothing more uncomfortable. I guess this is part of why, like, in an improv show, if we get heckled or it's a bad crowd or it's a bad show, I at least know what I'm doing. Right. Right. There's nothing worse than, to me, than, like, being so excited to be in a band after right. not having been in a band since college. Uh, and like being all excited, like I bought a new fucking guitar for this right. asshole. <laughs> I bought a new amp. I bought some new pedals. I was gung ho. Right. Yeah. I bought the best stuff that Guitar Center all, had. Used. All line six <laughs> gear, <laughs> like yeah. six, the yeah. Parker Fly. Yeah, I bought like a used SG, like a new used nice. SG yeah. from yep. fucking Guitar Center. Um, 
I was so jazzed to fucking be in this band and to go into this basement show and to play like three or four songs like really well. Right. Uh, stuff that I had like taken a lot of time to think about and like put like these cool parts into. But then most of the songs have to like turn my back to the audience. And there was a guy standing in front who was like, come on, man, turn around. <laughs> so there were people at the show. Oh, there were people at the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it was just so humiliating. You know what? Uh, two things to that is that, you know, it seems like the nature of improv is just ephemeral to begin with. So right, like right. the show and but you're with with the band is that there are these songs. This is your yeah. calling card mm-hmm. like and you want to feel proud of of the work that you're doing, the art that you're doing for lack of a better term. And so oh, it was what, high art what yeah. we were doing. <laughs> when you're shut out of that and mm-hmm. you have to feign you know, uh, being part of it by right. turning your back. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's mortifying. Sure. And then the other, the other uh, question I want to ask, you had said that you called the guy out for being codependent after you received that email, right. which kicking you out of the band, did mm-hmm. you respond or was there any kind of back and forth or did you just let it go? I think I responded kind of angrily to him. And then I also emailed D. And I said, D, what's up? <laughs> D at Hotmail. Did she get just D at Hotmail? Yeah, I forget what it was. She's the one who took it, my email. I, this was back in the days of Hotmail addresses, yeah, right. so probably. Um, so I emailed her and I was like, can you explain to me what is happening? Um, <laughs> right. Like, I thought I did pretty well, like, you know, and also, like, I feel like I, I may have said that I felt like I got shafted, you know, right. uh, from not. Or I may have actually said that to him, like, you know, you yeah. never gave me these songs to learn. And her response back was very kind of middle of the road and, and like afraid of like everybody was afraid of just right. talking to me yeah, and being right. honest with me about right. stuff. Um, I think she might have said something like, oh, I think Chris, you know, made it clear in his email to you or something, you know, but I couldn't get a straight answer out of anybody. Right. Were these guys the same age or? They were all, we were all in the same okay. age group generally. Right. <laughs> I remember, I mean, this is, I mean, I should not call this guy out for any kind of personality defects considering the way that I handled it. This, like, I I think I went to their website and, like, made, like, an anonymous nasty comment on their guest book. On their Angel Fire website. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, and then that day or a day later, I got a call from him. Uh, I recognized the number on my cell phone, and I didn't answer it. Right. And he didn't leave a message. Right. So I don't know if that was his attempt to, like, <laughs> confront me or yeah. to, like, be straight with me or, you know, like, kind of settle things. But I didn't answer the call. I was like, this fucking asshole. I'm not answering his call. Right. Um, I didn't answer it, and he didn't leave a message. So right. that was the last attempt at communication that we had with each other. Um, and the other thing about improv is, like, um, there's this kind of understanding that like we're all in this together right like i might miss a move or i might mishear somebody or i might like make a a a walk on or some kind of move in an improv show that's like oh that wasn't the best move right like that's kind of on me right but in a band it's like there's more of a sense of like i am contributing this big thing sure it feels like less of a like we're all it, it it feels like Especially in the position that I was in, it felt like less of a we're all going to live or die together right. mm-hmm. kind of thing. Where in right. an improv show, I know the people that I'm improvising with, like, I'm competent. I know what I'm doing. I know everybody else knows what we're doing. We're all going to live and die together. But I felt like with this shit, I was kind of thrown out there to right. see. And right. I yeah. didn't, like, I was, I, I was not able to 
show myself off in a way that I felt best represented me. I was right. not able to contribute to the band. You know, and there is this kind of rock star kind of thing about it. Even if you're fucking playing in a band nobody knows in a fucking basement in New Jersey. Right. There is, you do, at least if you're me, you get this sense of like, we're fucking rock stars and we're we're fucking out there and playing. Right. I mean, I think you also can't deny the time. It was, you know, 2005. You're like mid-20s. Yeah. Like your yeah, your I mean, level I was like of, 25 years old, 26 yeah, like, years old. I mean, you know, your your level of uncertainty mm-hmm. of life. Yeah. Yeah. is at an all-time yeah. high. I mean, it's the time when you uh, should be doing those and things. I, yeah. And yeah. also uh, like you're just an intense dude anyway. I am. Yeah. You have relaxed a bit. <laughs> in the past couple <laughs> yeah, of years. Yeah, just imagine how But like, like I've watched you be like livid about improv sets and then we were on a sketch team together and you like oh yeah just like just like stomping around well i think that's like, part because of it you're an intense man i think that's part of it is i want to be the best at everything that i right. do and i knew that i was a better musician than right. i was coming off in the you know i'm going from like recording shit in my living room where i'm like i have full control over everything and right. i sort of know what i'm doing and i i i at least believed that the stuff that i was doing was good and like I'm put in this position where all sort of all the power is taken away from me and I'm like this mess on stage because I don't know the songs and this guy's fucking doing his Billy Corgan thing and <laughs> right. not talking to yeah. me, not giving me like and continuously it's almost like if you're in a sketch comedy group and somebody and you're supposed to like be in the cast of a sketch comedy group and you're like, hey, can I get the can I get copies of these sketches so I can learn my lines? <laughs> right. And somebody in the group is like, yeah, 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 sure. And they never give you right. copies of. Right. The I sketches, mean, you know? I think <laughs> also what this is pointing at is that and from my experience, you have to get along. You have to be friends with the people you're in a band with because yeah. otherwise, I mean, you know, if things start to happen and you're spending more and more time, you just have to be able to get along on just a basic yeah. level because mm-hmm. otherwise it's just it's such a crapshoot. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's funny. Your story reminded me of a, a tale I have not told on the show. Uh-oh. Back in 2004 when my band was, um, maybe it was like 2003. It was early. It was before, while we were still kind of figuring stuff out. And at the time, Mission of Burma had just come back. Okay. Right? And uh, we were very keen on the guy that did like the tape loops yeah. and sound effects and stuff. And so our drummer was like, why? We should try out a fourth guy and maybe who's just like does like keyboard stuff he doesn't do like he doesn't play keyboards but he does noises or yeah. ambient sounds stuff. the amount of fights i've had yeah. in multiple bands about someone suggesting that to me so right. so at the time though this was before i think i this is definitely before we put out any records or anything like that so we we i guess probably put an ad on craigslist mm-hmm. this guy gets back to us shows up at the practice space with his keyboard i remember he looked like Kevin Smith, like he had a manicured beard. <laughs> he looked like, very, like Bob. He, he had very spiky hair and right. a manicured beard and like camouflage. He was wearing cam. I don't know. He was weird. And he sets up his his keyboard, and I, we must have sent them a song, whatever. And we're we we're, we're playing. We can barely hear him. He's like record. He's he's plugged into a practice amp or something. We record the. Uh, you know the the, the practice uh-huh. and then but we could tell like immediately right off the bat like this was this was not going to go past this one pra- this one practice <laughs> and whatever i think maybe we uh had drinks with him afterwards and then let him on his way so we go back we'll be talking uh-huh. so we go back we listen to the tape and 
all he's doing, we could tell when he was playing, he was just like playing like one note with one <laughs> finger. And then we're listening back and it just sounds like he's making farting noises on the keyboard <laughs> on top of our song. It was Michael Winslow. It was, it was I, that I would have gone for. Yeah, but right. This was just like... <laughs> throughout the entire song and that kind of uh, quelled any desire to have an additional I'm sure it does exist on cassette somewhere so he totally punked you basically yeah I mean I just feel like on that episode of MTV Ashton Kutcher is funny yeah so but the idea of like in this case it was an ancillary member that really doesn't add anything is completely unnecessary (laughs) right which is kind of when they're like, it almost seems like they threw you to the wolves a little bit, where it's just yeah. like, you can play second guitar, and then right. like, but we're not going to show just, you anything. It just baffles me even thinking about it. I'm like, the, like there, because it wasn't like, it's not like I showed up at the audition, did a bad job. Right. And they were like, all right, maybe showed up at the practice and did a bad job. Like, right. I showed up at the practice and they liked what I was doing. I sh- or showed up at the audition and they liked what I was doing. I showed up at a practice, they liked what I was doing. Yeah. Right. But it's almost like, and maybe this is just my own ego talking, but it, I feel like this guy was straight up intimidated by me and right. like didn't know how to mm-hmm. extract himself from a situation right. where like, you know, he felt like he was, and it's not like I was outplaying the guy. Right. I was just like adding shit. I was a second guitar player, so I was adding shit to his songs. I was, like, I'm not a soloist. I right, wasn't right, right, shredding. Right. I wasn't finger right. tapping for two minutes over his song. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like he came from a different world. Yeah, I was like, doing like... he came like, from that world where you've got the guy who's the songwriter. It kind of sounds like this guy had the infinite sadness. Oh. And some melancholy. <laughs> but, uh, no, I... He, <laughs> and then he fell asleep beside yeah. his yeah. <laughs> Well, he was definitely a little frail and bedazzled, that's for sure. <laughs> and then when John got the email, more recent Smashing Pumpkins <laughs> reference there, I definitely don't adore that nah. one. <laughs> <laughs> Frail and Bedazzled is from the fucking B-side album that oh. they put out. Oh, yeah, Pisces Iscariot? Uh, yes. Why do yes. I know that? Yeah, right. yeah, uh, yeah. But you had said at the very beginning of the story that you had kind of taken a break from comedy, from yeah. improv. Mm-hmm. What's, what prompted that? Uh, I just had some... Uh, my life was going in kind of a shitty direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just had like... Just kind of a, some bad stuff going on in my life. Uh, it kind of fell apart. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I was having just these kind of personal problems that, like, I needed to address, you know? And comedy was kind of, uh, it had become a kind of toxic environment for me, and I'd kind of become a toxic person in that environment. Right. Um, and so I don't know if quitting comedy and thinking I was quitting it forever was like, uh, maybe it was kind of an extreme move, right. uh, but at the time, it's just the way that I reacted, and it yeah. was what I did. And I, I was like, "Fuck this! I'm never going to do this again. I'm going to find something else to do with my life." Right. Um, but I guess I sort of needed a creative outlet still, right. and sure. so like I sort of went back to playing music. And conversely, when you when you, when you finish with this band, has there any has there been other musical endeavors since then? And how did you get back into? Yeah, I mean, I played in this band and got kicked out of it, and then went back to just recording stuff in my living room. Um, and I have like a bunch of tapes of like unmastered four track shit that at the time right. I thought that was great <laughs> and probably is not great. <laughs> like I remember, this is embarrassing. <laughs> But I remember, like, recording, like, maybe a half a dozen, like, fucking, like, post-core songs, like, by myself. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Like, a bunch of, like, I think I was, like... On acoustic guitar? No, no, no. (laughs) Like, electric guitar (laughs) with a fucking drum machine. 
Right. Ice uh, burn collective stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I was like, I think I was like r- listening to a lot of the fucking Cobra Kai record right. and just like trying to do that kind right. of fucking Cobra Kai Ultimate Warriors kind of fucking shit. Right. Um, but once I got back into comedy, I stopped. Like, I haven't been in a band since. I did, I, you know... I fucking like will occasionally. I, I I haven't done it in a while, but I did occasionally like write music and I like recorded an EP on my you iPhone. Dabble, Fistful of Sinatra. Yeah, yeah, Fist I of Sinatra. Remember this shit? Yeah, yeah. I got a like. There there are a couple of really cool apps that you probably know about that you can get for your mm-hmm. iPhone or iPad or whatever, and you can just make songs. Right. Yeah. And it's pretty fucking great, actually. And so I made a like album leaf-esque kind of like uh, uh, EP of songs on my iPhone. As a tangent there, speaking of the album leaf, Oxford Collapse, my band, we were on the same label as the album leaf. We played with the album leaf in Atlanta once at um, Drunken Unicorn. 40 Watt Club, which is is not a, you know, maybe it's a 200 capacity place. They showed up in a tour bus. Of course, why not? And it was not sold out. Welcome to the 40 watt. It was. And look, uh, uh, he, was a, we were, he was a very nice guy. Yeah, Jimmy. Yeah. But uh, yeah. It, 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 it seemed, and this was probably about, I'd say, 07, maybe. It was, it was a little bit of hubris there, I felt. The idea well, 07? of. 07? I'm, I'm like picturing, where can I park my bus is a hard question. To yeah. For it's, that area it's I don't know. I mean, I, I, look, look, if we were offered the opportunity to travel on the bus, I think we'd probably take hey, it. $5,000 a day. Let's do it. The this. reality is, is that I don't know if, if that particular tour warranted right. a bus. Yeah. 07 was the year where, like, I think that was the album that On Your Way was on, came out. It was like. After one day I'll be on time. This is the record where he, he was getting some like he his song was on the OC uh, and he was like doing songs that were in commercials. He was, well, ri- he was um, riding on publishing. At least money. now I know that if I ever need an album leaf expert, John Frusciante oh, yeah. is my yeah. man. Yeah. I'm a big <laughs> album leaf. I think this was purely a uh, label. Like the sure, fact that we sure. wound up playing together was right. a, uh, yeah. a So uh, so what did like uh, how did you end up back? Back in the back in the comedy, back in the I don't know. I, I think again. I like to was, quote uh, yeah. forefathers of screamo. It it's one of these things where I think I just <laughs> you I, son of a bitch. I love it too much to not do it, right? Um, and I really tried to not do it anymore, but I just started getting that itch right. of like I want to do it again. The seven year itch. The seven year itch. <laughs> so I married Marilyn Monroe. Not to be confused with seven year bitch, the great grunge era. What? Who? Who died from that band? Uh, the singer. Oh yeah! All right. Let's not get into Let's it. Get it's a depressing. Mo- moment of oh, silence. Wait, I got it. Bring the it. moment down. Yep. You clearly want to get into it. <laughs> Look, I don't want to talk about. It. Can we talk about guys first? But I yeah, I started doing comedy again and and like just started taking improv classes um, and then like trying to write sketch comedy again and just doing a lot of bad. It was like back to the beginning where like oh I have to do all the bad stuff again before I find the good stuff. Right. So had you, you really would be like goose president? No. Oh, you mean like the good stuff? Yes, that's you, the goal. You're referring to that as like the... For yeah. the listener, it sounds like Goose <laughs> for President. For, goose President. Me, uh, for full discretion, yeah. as we say on the podcast, me and John were on Full a, disclosure. Yes, we've been... Well, we say, say full discretion. Yeah. Oh, uh, I messed sorry. it up because once. It, and sorry, in the very first episode, uh, actually. Oh, that's right. I remember yeah. that. Yes. Uh, I did listen. That's to also it. the name of our uh, New York hardcore band. <laughs> yeah. Full, Full discretion. discretion. Uh-huh. NY. Yeah. Uh, we were uh, on a mod team H-C. together uh, called The Skunts, and uh, one month you wrote a sketch called Goose President. That's right. Uh, and as far as I know, solely based off of that, we had put up a fake set list. I put up a fake yes, set list. Yes, you put up a fake set list mm-hmm. for what our show would be. 
made up all fake sketches. Uh-huh. <laughs> the brilliance of Jeff Shot, they said, you know what? I should probably write this one, actually. Yep. I looked at that and I was like, that's funny. Yeah, Goose Present. So it was just me with a sock puppet, a sock puppet with googly eyes glued to it. Um, behind a desk with a presidential seal, um, uh, yelling at my aide, at my presidential aide. Played by Matt Evans. Right, played by Matt Evans, uh, yelling at my aide because I couldn't do any of my presidential duties because I was a goose. (laughs) Gold, right there. It was amazing. Yes. It might still be online somewhere. (laughs) Well, yeah. Uh, Well, let me ask you this, because you said you went through this whole, the rigmarole of doing everything again. Yeah. Where had you gotten the first time, mm-hmm. and how much time had you taken off before you started up again? again I second took half? three years off after like being. Um, I I started doing improv seriously in college. Um, I was in. I went to Montclair State and I was an acting major. And I met a guy named Matt Donnelly, uh, who's a great guy and still doing comedy. Lives in Vegas now. Uh, and He's the brother of Tanya Donnelly from Belly. Remember? Yeah. Feed the tree. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Yep. Um, Fun fact. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, and he asked me to join an improv group because he was he wanted to start an improv group, and we started doing short form improv on campus, and we were terrible. Uh-huh. Um, and that and that led to the story that I almost told today, but I've told it before, uh, and there's not really much to to tell of uh, the TV show that we were thrust into. Oh. Um, <laughs> Uh, Matt was friends with a guy who was a television producer who came to see these fucking half a dozen 19-year-old, 18, 19-year-old kids who had been improvising together for like three months and was like, I'm going to put you guys on television. Right. Um, And that was a great experience fraught with, like sprinkled with nightmares. Right. Um, And I keep kicking this microphone. I'm sorry. Uh, But so like... So that had happened, and I like started taking classes and getting involved at UCB, and I pretty quickly... You just got to back up one second, because that, you can't just say, we got a television show, uh-huh. and then drop it, because that, <laughs> okay. is, I mean, that All sounds right. like a real worse gig. community. And maybe, uh-huh. maybe there's a way you could give a brief okay. overview of that, because that so, sounds juicy. We were these people who had been improvising for a few months, doing short-form improv... And this guy was like, I'm going to put you on television. I'm going to give you guys a television show. So we did a pilot um, that was just like short form improv with some sketches thrown in that we had written. Group is called? Uh, Possible Side Effects. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, And um, so, and they had also hired these guys, these Chicago City Limits guys who had been doing it a lot longer than us and were much better uh, than us. Um. And kind of like dwarfed us and kind of in a way almost like pushed us to the side as the wheels in my head start turning about how to be the most diplomatic about this story. (laughs) Um, uh, But we did a pilot and the pilot was bought by the PAX network. Who, if you remember from... In between 7th Heaven reruns. In between 7th Heaven reruns and 
televangelist yeah. programs because the Pax Network was. I they played Benny Hinn. Was this chat my favorite televangelist? Channel Nine for those in the uh, tri-state I, area. I don't know. I don't remember. Uh, it wasn't Channel PAX Nine. With a dove in the logo. Okay. Benny Hinn, the Indian. Yeah, it was a. It was basically a, a religious. Broke it <laughs> Songs a lot like Bob Odenkirk. It was, was yeah. the show. It was basically a religious. It was a Christian television yeah. oh, okay. station. Okay. What they wanted with us, I have no <laughs> idea. But they bought us and they got. Pepsi and Kia to sponsor the show. Sure. They were the advertisers. So we shot... Thank you for bringing that case of old Pepsi yeah. over. By oh, the you're welcome. Yeah, really this is from 1999. Crystal Pepsi. Yeah, still getting through it. Um, <laughs> it's so old that it is now colored Pepsi. Uh, <laughs> Chemicals are weird. Yeah. Uh, so we shot seven episodes of this show. And it was like... Oh, they, they had brought in... The producer just spent money hand over fist. We were right. paid way too much. Um, they brought in a woman named Sharna Halpern, who's the co-founder of the Improv Olympic, now called the I.O. Um, One which, of the, the he, like big names in big improv. Name, like, yeah, she did like a weekend of workshops with us in a suite in the Hotel Pennsylvania, <laughs> uh, just trying to like get us to be better. Right. Um. But what happened a lot of the time is that, like, we would go in and shoot these episodes, and, like, the guys who were better than us would basically just, like, push us right. around. Right. And there were times when they, we would do improv, we would do improv games. Right. We would do one take of an improv game, and then they would be like, all right, well, we're going to reshoot it with just us. <laughs> Um, did, did this become at this at this point this in time feeling a little bit like the bad story again? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I mean, this. Why is, don't you guys just go sit on the couch and do yeah. some games? Yes, this is quietly. a recurring theme. At in my the life. time, you guys though. are going to re-record this podcast yeah. with another yeah, guest, exactly. right? With the, with the other John Trushante, actually. <laughs> hey man, I lost all my teeth. <laughs> so wait, did you? At this time, you're 19 or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I'm like 18 years did, old. I did think. this become like a full time thing that you did? Like, we're going to do this now? Or you were you in? School? You know what I did? I was still in college. Maybe I was 19 at the time. Maybe 20, 19 or 20. What I did? One of the things that I regret about this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, other than telling myself that I needed to buy a pager because I was a big deal. <laughs> Marking the time. <laughs> I didn't, yeah. but I remember thinking that I needed one. Right. Also, I bought, oh, God, with the check from the pilot, uh. I bought a half stack, basically. Right. I bought, like, uh, was like a, a Marshall 500, or right. I think, like, head and a huge amp. Right. For a the 500. Did you even get a JCM 800? That's what it was. Yeah, that was that, that, yes, yes, JCM 800. Yep, yep, JCM 800. Yeah. For the band that I was in with my roommate, the two-person band I was in with my college roommate at the time. Uh, I'm going to live forever. That's exactly And what, what happened to this amp that when you joined Television Down, you didn't have the hamster? This was before that. Yeah, did well, you, you oh, sold I it? sold it. You, okay. uh, you're sold one it. of those people. I sold it. Yeah. Um, I sold it because I had no money. Um, <laughs> but I money, you had blown all of your money. I needed money to. Stack. I sold it because I needed money to buy booze with. Right. Um, but there was, it sounded like there was the potential for this. At least at the time, we have a show. They someone bought right, it. We're right. going to be making. Like, so what I did at the time, what, which I regret, was I was a BFA acting major. Right. Which was a very intense kind of program for people who want to be actors. When we got this show and started shooting these episodes, I was like. 
I don't have time for this. I'm going to be a TV star. I'm going to be doing this television show. I don't have time. So I dropped my major down to a BA in theater. Okay. uh, Which I regret. Sure. Um, But that's the mindset that I was in of like, I'm too big for this. Right. Um, But so we shot seven episodes. And we all want to be angry at Miley Cyrus. (laughs) Right. Um, So, yeah. And and it was the same thing every week. And it was really frustrating. I think I didn't tell this story because I'm trying to be diplomatic to the people sure. involved. Uh, but it was really frustrating to be in a situation where, like, you go in to shoot in front of a live studio audience, this improv television show, and you're like a 19, 20 year old guy and thinking, like, this is going to be your life. And then you do these takes and then you get, like, pushed aside right. by the adults right. in the room. Or the adults in the room say, you can't be in these. We're going to shoot most of this show without you. Right. You know? Um, and, you know, I don't know what their reasoning were was at the time, and I'm not trying to, like, I don't hold any hate in my heart for them. Sure. But, like, it was a really frustrating... I remember, like, crying to the yeah. executive producer. Uh, I remember, like, threatening to quit if the situation wasn't remedied. Um, but, yeah, they, they kind of, like, just sort of came into our show and took over and kind of fucked us. Uh, so did they... Sh- they showed all seven episodes. Well... Or they burn them out. So... <laughs> Um, <laughs> the week or two before the show was scheduled to air on the right. PAX network, I got a call from Matt saying that the advertisers had dropped out and the network was canceling the show. Oh. So it never aired. Um, everybody. What t- they said was, I thought we got a Christian show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought yeah. Benny Hinn was going to Nobody make is speaking in tongues here. <laughs> yeah. Hello, hello, hello. Or they're speaking in tongues we don't understand. Comedy tongues. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Everybody in the production is owed money. Yeah. That, of course, we're never going to see. And who cares? That's not the point. But the the reason I bring that up is that the studio was also owed money. So we could not get the tapes or the set Oh. Or anything from the show, so all of that stuff either still exists. Oh, so you some, don't have you don't. I've never no seen idea. one episode of the show. So what was? Isn't there a possible Cyfix movie too? Oh, yes. <laughs> I've oh seen God, it. can we edit out my? Uh, yeah. uh, we don't have to, but yeah, it's when <laughs> I'm. It's either when I, I first got back in the theater, or maybe got put on a team with you. Yes. I was like, who the fuck is John Frusciante? Uh-huh. And I like looked you up, and that was like, he was in a movie. Maybe I should have told these stories. From Netflix. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. how that was your first reaction. Who the fuck is John yeah, Frusciante? Yeah. That was generally my response to, well, right. was, is okay. my response to everyone. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, maybe, and, I, maybe these were the stories to lead off with. Uh, <laughs> but we, I don't know, I don't consider them. Right. I mean, they're bad. Like, that movie is bad. But I don't consider it like, oh, God, this was the worst fucking shit. I don't remember watching it at all. I'll say that. (laughs) What happened was we decided... No offense to you. No, it's it's not rememberable. We decided to do a send-up of reality television, of the real world, basically. Right, 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 right. And we shot it in 2001. Right. Um... Back before reality television was the crazy, yes. like, right. just narcissistic. Well, kind of as it was break. That was when, like, Survivor exactly. and Big Brother were, like, the two right. shows people right. were watching. But still, you but, had in your mind the real world. But when yeah, the real yes. world was semi, like, an right. interesting 
take or you know before uh, reality shows took over everything. Right, yeah. and this was I think right before like the popularity of Survivor and Big Brother and all that. This stuff. is really so, before reality shows exactly. became what were right. exactly. You know, something else they had about what this was before. <laughs> right. This was no. Let me say this was before. Never forget. This is before right. all these channels exist, like HG Network. This is, yes. bef- this is when reality was reality. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, boy, the way Glenn Miller played. You know, Um, this was so we were like, let's. It was an improvised movie, basically, that the four of us, uh, four of the people in the group, wrote the like. We wanted to do like a best in show kind of Spinal Tap kind of movie, so we wrote like a skeleton script. We came up with these characters, wrote this scenario. And then rented a house in New Jersey and just spent like a week in the house just shooting all this, right. all these, you know, improvising all these scenes around this this script. And I mean, it was a it was an okay movie at the time. Yeah. But what happened was, by the time we had it finished and edited and distributed, the reality TV explosion happened. Right. So our movie looks super tame. Right. In comparison, right. it looks stale and tame, and there's no edge to it. Right. It. Against the backdrop of all the reality television that we know at the time. Were these the same producers involved in the TV show? No, no. We had produced it on our own. I think we might have gotten some funding from some other people, but it was like a super cheap thing to do. I mean, I think like one of the reasons it didn't come up as like your, the, the lead-off story is because like you still made a movie. Right. Like, I mean, that's pretty... I right. Certainly well, these, that's why these are, these are all, all... The music stories and the comedy stories are, are really... I mean, these are some really good worst gigs in that they encompass yeah. the heartache, <laughs> the heartbreak, the frustration, yeah. like... And I had gotten... Because well, also the thing with the show is, like, yeah. you know, there's no reason that won't happen again, too. Not in right. that you won't... But also that... You might get a show and then it crumbles. Right. That's like that, most this, of that's this the business. Name of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had been, I had, I had before the movie came out, I had taken a break from comedy and also kind of been kicked out of this group. Right. Um, they had kicked me out and fired me, and that kind of led to me taking a break from comedy. Um, and so I had to be aware of the fact that the movie was done. And being premiered, like they had this premiere party. Right. They screened it somewhere, and I was not invited to it. So right. I had to sort of be aware through my space that, um, you know, uh, th- this also gives you a. I was going to say. You know, yeah. Had a Friendster invite. Too. Right. Yeah. I think I, I heard somebody talk about it on makeoutclub.com. <laughs> <laughs> so, but see, but now, I mean. Safe to say, you bounced back. You, yeah, you're like the bursar of the upright citizens brigade, sort of, or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hold a position. Oh, I don't know what you don't, you don't remember the bursar's yeah. office. No, that was at, at oh, college. Yeah, at college. Yeah, oh, yeah. Purser. Bursar. Oh, bursar. B- bursar. No, it's B U R S A R. The bursar's office. Oh, you went to like a liberal arts college where you could call it whatever you wanted. Yeah, man. I called it the fun zone. Remember, B U had that. You know, just like. Choose your own grade. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah, spell man. things, whatever. Anyway, yeah. this episode's going out to bursars everywhere. No, yes. But you, you, all, you, you were involved with the theater on an right. uh, administrative level mm-hmm. slash create as well. Right, yeah. And I, how, how does it feel to be involved with the, mach- you know, the machine putting, it, putting everything together in addition to being a mm-hmm. performer yourself? I would as say... Well as putting it together. As well. I would say it's the worst gig ever. <laughs> hey! And on that note, <laughs> so, uh, it's great. It's like I've risen like a phoenix from the ashes. <laughs> yeah. No, it's great. It's good. It's it's it it it's um, uh, 
uh, it beats having a real job is how I like to jokingly sure. talk about it. Yes. Um, that's another thing I could have talked about in my five years in the fashion industry. That was a <laughs> terrible gig, uh, but I won't. Um, uh, but yeah, it's great. I'm, I'm glad to, I'm really happy to, to be there. I'm excited about it. It's good to like be back and involved. Well, I think I'll ask too, like, it's something we talk about, uh, but how, like, it, you know, we've gotten a lot of great stories and a lot of great, uh, you know, great failures, uh, in there. Like, in great failures being a good thing. Yeah. But like, it's like, how, how do you keep trucking? Like, I mean, but that's how ever, that's <laughs> right. the question I ask myself. I honestly every, like, have no idea. Right. I really don't have any idea. I, uh, pride? Yeah. What's the, there's that great exchange, um, in I think it's the the first half of season five finale of Breaking Bad, where Walt and Jesse are having that. Um, I'm going to spoil slightly spoil it for anybody. spoiler alerts coming yes. up. Uh, but they're it's not really a spoiler. They're just having a conversation in right. Jesse's living room, and Jesse's like, "Why do we keep driving that RV even though it was so bad?" And Walt is like, "Inertia." Right. Yeah. So I yeah. think that's. I I mean I think it's like it's pride. It's inertia. It's like, no, I'm going to do this. Right. And it's also like, sometimes I think about quitting my job because right. it drives me crazy. Sure. And I think, well, what the fuck else am I going to do? Right. And that's kind of how I feel about comedy is it's like, well, what, am I, what else am I going to do? Right. You know, like there has to be, I have to keep going. I have to figure it out. I, you know, I think uh, an even better way to phrase your question would be like, what happens to the times when you're like, when you're, when you're, you're kind of down on yourself and you're thinking... Sometimes I feel like, like I, I don't, don't have a partner. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, makes valid, you want to valid way to phrase that. To shoot I would actually appreciate if all questions were phrased as Red Hot Chili Peppers. Okay, uh, sucking in a walking. Actually, for, I mean, it doesn't help that my friends are so depressed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the other night, my wife and I went to the U.S. Open. I don't know if you guys have ever been to the U.S. Uh-huh. Open. What at Arthur, heard, it's huh? at Arthur Ashe Stadium. You, by the way, you've been holding a martini this whole time. <laughs> I, I just want to point that out. Um, and uh, so when they play the music, like between the you know sets or whatever. They put on the screen. They put like um, the lyrics, almost like karaoke style, what? on like a <laughs> like a thin kind of long um, like LCD. Yeah. So so like, but you know, just announcing like scores for various other tennis messages, and then like they'll play like, and they played and a lyric crawl. They yes, that's a, it's a lyric crawl. So they were playing the Red Hot Chili Peppers version of Higher Ground, and they're showing the lyrics to the song. Uh huh. You know, and they're just playing like the you know fifteen seconds of the do do. Do, 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 do. Right. Say, so do they have the like, lyrics for the bass line? Go. Yeah, it's like fleas, you know, uh, Bo, stuffed it, animal waka, pants. Waka, 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 waka. <laughs> anyway, so, John, we've gotten all of these amazing stories, you know. We yes. know why you're still doing this, and it's because you have to. <laughs> yeah, you know? I have no choice. Uh, a question <laughs> that we ask uh, all of our uh, listeners, what do you think of the word <laughs> gig? Gig? What do I think of the word? It definitely sounds weird. <laughs> like, I mean, I, you you call it a show, you know? Yes. Like, I feel about, honestly, I feel about the word gig the same way I feel about the word concert. Yeah. Like, it's been a long time, like, since I started getting into punk, like, I stopped calling it concerts. At, yeah. Of course. You know, yeah. it's like you're going to a show. Yep. Yeah. Even that yes concert that we went to is like it's a, we're going oh, to a yeah. show we're going to the yes discretion show. Yeah. we saw yes together we did yeah, yeah, the, and it was fantastic it was amazing we talked about it in an earlier episode we gave a, a review of the show and yeah. uh yeah. Uh, we, yeah 
we'd say if you have the chance to see yes, yes. <laughs> what an so, <laughs> Yeah, it just feels like a weird word. It also it does kind of feel like that like pro gear pro tood kind yeah. of word of like, yeah, my band's got a gig tonight. Right. Like, yeah, we're gigging up. Jer- right. <laughs> So listen, John, you have all of this, uh, you've told us all of these, ama- again, amazing stories. Thank and you, you. Got, you got stuff going on, mm-hmm. not, not even sure what it is. I mean, Me hopefully <laughs> there are more musical endeavors as well as comedic ones. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a grab bag, I would say. So from Jeff yeah. and I, from the bottom of our hearts, <laughs> get home safe. <laughs> Thanks. Worst gig ever. ever, 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 ever.